You're listening to Culture Matters, a podcast of the Village Church. This is Adam Griffin, and I'm here with my co-host, Adam Hawkins. Adam, great to have you back in studio with us today. Adam, how are you? I feel wonderful. Thank you, Adam. You look wonderful. I'm Thank glad you. to have you back. You do. We're also here with David Roark. David, how you doing, buddy? Luca. <laughs> Luca. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm assuming we'll hear more about that later. You are yeah. excited about something. Mm-hmm. And Chris Starrett. Chris is also with us today. Chris, how hey, you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Adam. Thanks for asking. Good. Well, I genuinely care. And well, also, I'm going to move on now. Okay. So thank you for answering so efficiently. Today's episode, we're talking through our favorites from 2018, favorite TV shows, favorite uh, music releases, favorite movies. I'm excited about this because honestly, this is what we'd talk about if we didn't have a podcast, talking about what our favorite things are. So I'm looking forward to hearing from you guys what those are from you. And I hope the listeners will enjoy this episode as much as I'm looking forward to talking about it. So here we go. Well, gentlemen, this is a podcast about the intersection of faith and culture. And since we are nearing the end of the year, we wanted to talk about and consider basically what was the best of for each of us individually. These are our own opinions uh, solicited, but still our own opinions. These are not the opinions of an institution or the village church, just individually. Well, how about as we go, guys, not only let's share uh, what you chose, but why you chose it. What are the criteria that you would uh, navigate as you pick your favorite TV show, your favorite music, your favorite movies? David, I know that you're going to have easy answers for a lot of these. I struggled through some of them because I'm an old man now who doesn't keep up with the latest trends. Well, let me – can I ask something before yeah. we jump in for yeah. real? So we chose certain categories, and it might be – you know, you can talk about a million things as it relates to culture. Mm-hmm. Um, but but we chose sort of, I feel like, broad categories that people w- – as you think about your lists of favorite things from the year that – I think a lot of people like to make lists about these things. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe yeah. I'm just one of them. But specifically, David, maybe you could clue us into why we chose these categories to talk to uh, talk through as opposed to other categories. Um, yeah, I think that like these categories are more representative of like popular culture versus mm-hmm. just like culture. So we're not yep, like talking about our favorite political moment yeah, that's or right. anything like, oh, gosh, I don't want to talk about that. I don't I know about you guys. but um, I don't think I have a favorite. So – but I, th- I think like when you just sort of assess what are the the main kind of artifacts or what people think of or the most influential things when it comes to pop culture, you got movies, which is you know, and then you got TV, which those two things are starting to sort of overlap a bit. It's mm-hmm. hard to tell what is like a movie and what's a TV show because it, yeah, it's all bleeding together. But those are still separate categories for now. And then we have music which I think is probably what people think of most or first when it comes to pop culture. And uh, podcast is a, maybe would be a newer category because, you know, podcasts haven't always existed. But it feels like when you're having conversations at lunch with friends, people are talking about podcasts. I feel like those are good representatives of, of pop culture, what's going on, and the stories that are kind of out there. And then, uh, yeah, you have uh, books, which, I mean, you have to have books, right? Mm-hmm. Those are... Well, this room does. Staples, anyways. Yeah, yeah. You guys are all culture. big readers. Yeah, except for Chris. So I don't know if that really answered your question, I, but I, I just feel like they're the go-to read. things. <laughs> all the lists that you see, like New York Times, other yes. places, they're going to make a list about these things, among other things. But this just felt like you know a good set of. Yeah, I, I feel like these are, in some sense, the last domains of like I don't know public dialogue. 
in some sense. You know what I mean? In other words, it's media and it's popular media. Uh, and that's places where sort of the actual public dialogue is happening. It's not just voices shouting each other at, at each other. You have sort of these cultural conversations going on through yeah. music and books and TV. Well, and it's shared. And it's shared broader it's shared. than culture ever was before, right? That's where right. in the you know, in, in times gone past, you couldn't all watch the same thing the same night and show up the next day and have conversations to talk mm-hmm. about it. And in the last hundred years or so, that's become increasingly so. Mm-hmm. And now with, that we're inundated with so many different media forms, I think a favorite show is really important because there's going to be stuff you guys will mention today I didn't hear of because yep. there's so much music, so many movies, so many avenues by which to watch them or subscribe to them now. So that's what another thing that I think will be helpful is I'm going to want to go watch and listen and read the things you guys mentioned today. Cool. Well, David, why don't you kick us off, man? What was your favorite music of 2018? <laughs> yeah, no, this was uh, this was a tough one for me. Uh, I thought Adam, the other Adam and I were talking about this earlier, but this was a good year for music. Um, I'm going with uh, something a little earlier in the year that I almost forgot was in 2018, but that's Leon Bridges' new album, Leon. which is a good thing. Good choice. Uh, love Leon Bridges. This is his second record. Um, he's a Texas boy from Fort Worth, so special place in my heart for that reason. And um, his first album especially has... This is how it starts, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Did you That's accidentally play... How old are you? Did you <laughs> accidentally <sorry>. play that? <laughs> And he's a local boy, right? He's he is from a local, here, yeah, he's from Fort, from Fort Worth. Worth. Yeah, his story was that he was, I think, doing music at night and like working at Del Frisco's. He's like washing right. dishes. There is a Del yeah, Frisco. washing dishes or something like that, and yeah. just made it big. And then, like within a year, he was on SNL and all sorts of other things. But like his first album, one of the unique things about Bridges is that he has a Christian upbringing background. Um, I think he would still consider himself a Christian. Where he kind of stands on all that, I I can't really speak for him, and I don't know. You hear different things, but his first album was very reflective of that. Like, you could, you listen to it, and there are very explicitly gospel-centered, Christian-themed songs. Mm -hmm. And um, I would say the second record is more about relationships and love and romance, but you kind of, that Christian perspective still undergirds a lot of it. Like it doesn't feel dirty, um, which I think most things, in, especially in this category, sort of the R&B yeah. soul side of music tends to be a lot dirtier, a lot more explicit. But I feel like yeah. what, a lot of his songs are very sweet. Um, and, you know, in many ways, this album subjectively, like, this is going to sound super cheesy, but like kind of made me love my wife more. <laughs> um, like it was just, it's not it was cheesy. okay. It's not cheesy, but like we listened to this album a lot together. And like when we were like, you know, cooking dinner together and things like that. And it's just like a fun, sweet album. Yeah. So, um, and then like, uh, the other thing about Leon Bridges is that like, so I think the content's pretty good. Not to say that some of these songs, there are some that are a little more questionable compared to the first album, but um, overall, good content. But just the sound, I love him. He's just he's smooth. He's got soul, and he's it's like this nineteen sixties soul Motown throwback. Yeah, it is a, it's just it's a throwback sound. It is kind of cool it. the how you can. It's like at his album, uh, his first album was kind of like this fifties Motown like feel, and this one it feels like. He's matured as an artist, and then the era in in which this music kind of like emulates is is older as well, which is kind of interesting because this one feels a little bit more like little more funky. You know, it's like mm-hmm. 
So it was interesting to it's see. It's got how some he did jazzy, that. a little like jazzy, funky. Those are some yeah. new categories that He's are thrown in. He's on a Gap Christmas commercial. Really? Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't too excited about that. Well, here's what I'll Does say. that take him down a notch in no, your book? Or? No. No. I, okay. Look, hey, dude, I would do it. Here's my thing. You'd probably paid him a lot of money. <laughs> I love that. Like a local, and I love the gap. I love that a local guy is making it. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I love the way he's made it. The way that that David Singh. I mean, his his stuff is is really great. And, and it's not like he won American Idol, or it's no. not like he had this great platform to jump off no. of. Yeah. He's a it's real his music. He's a real just, artist, rather than wow. <laughs> Ooh, wow. I'm sorry, uh, you know, it's yeah. he's writing his own music, and he did it in a way uh, that people aren't doing it as much anymore. Yeah. You know? um, so, so yeah, is that your is, favorite as well from 2018, Adam? No. Okay. What's you your favorite? It's one of my favorites. It's okay. one of my favorites. Uh, what you got, boy? I got. I sort of did a top five. Um, because oh, music good. is very. We've got time for that. Sorry, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just going to go quickly through them. Um, I mine are, um, well, I'll just say what they are. So uh, there is a band who's sort of post punkish and been around for a while. Named, is this your band? Are you about to talk about your band? No, I wish. Uh, <laughs> this is a band named Gang Gang Dance, and they released an album called Kazuashita, uh, and. Um, I'm picking it mainly because there's a song off that album. The whole album's good, but there's a song off that album called Jade Tree, which is, I think it might be the best song in the last four years. Wow. Um, it's really great. Uh, the lead singer is a woman who sort of sings, and you can't understand what she sings. She sort of vocally uses her voice as an instrument rather than it being lyrically driven. Uh, there's another album that came out by an artist named Hatchie, and I think it's self-titled. It's an EP, so it's only like six songs or so. And it's probably the poppiest of, of the ones I chose. And I just, it's wonderful. Every song is like a hit. Uh, and it's, it's, per, it's like a really wonderful album. Are they literally a hit? Like are these, are these no, well-known oh, no, bands? No, no, you're no, talking no. about no, pretty... these are bands that matter. They're, okay. They're, <laughs> They're influencing the bands that are making hits. I got gotcha. you. Um, that's super pretentious, and I'm sort of joking. But, <laughs> but probably, but, but true, probably true in a way. Yeah. Like, I haven't heard of them. Most people probably haven't heard of them. Uh, I don't know. Depends. Okay. But I'm pretty not cool. So No, you're great. You're the uh, coolest, man. Boy Pablo is a band I've been listening to for a while. He's actually from Norway, and it's great. he's awesome. He finally he, – he's kind of releasing an album or a song at a time, but he finally sort of put out a collection called Roy Pablo. He's actually this really – he's a funny kid. They're younger, and I went to go see a show, and my wife and I were probably the oldest people in the crowd. Um, but it was super fun, and, and he's he just does really good music. Uh, his lyrics are really sort of clever and um, – I don't know. I just connect with them. And then there's a, an album by a band called Hers that just came out called Invitation to Hers, and it's really good, really strong, uh, sort of poppy in a, in a different way. And then finally, just to throw it out there, Song of the Year for me is actually an old song. It's a re-release. Um, I think um, uh, OK Computer was re-released. Oh, really? Radiohead? And, yeah, and they re-released a bunch of sort of B-sides from that, and there's a mm. song on there called I Promise, and it is brilliant, and the video for it is brilliant as well. Why do, question, why do I hear people, I, I'm not as big of a Radiohead fan as some that yeah. I run with, but they talk about OK Computer as like this prophetic album in terms of its like outlook on technology and culture totally. because it was it was done like... Nineties, nineties. Why? Why do people say that? I know that that's a long answer, but like, what is it about it that? I mean, first of all, musically, it was it pushed everything uh, in a direction. You're talking about, you know, the early nineties had really great bands actually making it on the radio, uh, which is crazy to think about. And then mid nineties is when OK Computer comes out, and it came out when 
it sort of pushed us past grunge and past post-grunge a little bit. So musically speaking, it's a masterpiece. Most critics agree that it's the best album of the 90s. Um, and then when you think from a technology, he does talk a lot about technology, uh, Tom York, the, the lead singer. And I think he just saw something on the horizon. Um, he saw something, our, our relationship to technology being um, – fracturing us in a sense. And so he's talking about, it's a little dystopian, but honestly he's talking a lot about um, um, just this unhealthy relationship to technology, the sort of falsity or fakeness of it. And uh, it's just really strong. But it's kind of a great example of the popular nonconformist, right? It's Mm -hmm. like we're going to break the the kind of norms and then they'll also be popular. Yeah. So they would release an album for free online. You could pay them yep. whatever you wanted with this. So they're not going to kind of go with the same way things happen. And, yeah. and yet their, their opinions became so popular that it became influential. That's right. So it's like the nonconformist that now everyone conforms to. Yeah. 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 I did not hear the re-release though. I'm glad you mentioned that. Brett McCracken actually, who's a Christian guy who writes on culture. He released a, uh, or he wrote an article recently on, on gospel coalition and, actually talks about the song, reviews several songs from the year that he loves and and does a great job. And this is one he reviews, and I would... I recommend it to you to read. It's awesome. It's is really it, good. Other than the cultural content, is there a spiritual element to some of the songs you just mentioned? Uh, yeah. I mean, so I, I would say for sure with I Promise, there is, um, you know, uh, none of them, not, nothing I mentioned have any overt Christianity connected to them at all. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them are more just how they make you feel more than anything else. Um uh, so I, I would say that about gang gang dance. My guess is they are as far away from Christianity as you could you could get. Mm-hmm. They're sort of a punk band, I think, from the Baltimore scene. And so, um, but when you listen, the emotions evoked, right? Mm-hmm. Um, especially because, like I said, it's not lyrically driven. The emotions that are evoked are are yeah. I, I think they sort of do what all great art does. It sort of hits something spiritually in you. You know, I always love the sort of idea of of great art hitting the tuning fork of your soul. Yeah. You know, and uh, that that absolutely happens. And then I promise, I would just say is is a bit Christ haunted. I think Radiohead does that a lot, frankly. If you listen to a lot of their lyrics, mm. either their cultural commentaries, some of it's super pretentious, mm. but then I especially some of their old stuff. I just think. Um, it makes you long for something a little bit more. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, Chris, anything to add? You got a favorite from 2018? Uh, I think. Yeah. I mean, man, there was a lot of good music. I think this year, but um, I think the album that I probably listened to the most was the Decemberist album oh. that they put out this year. Yeah. And um, what's the name of the album? Uh, I didn't mean to put I'll you on the your spot. Girl, I think. Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. it's "I'll Be Your Girl." I Hang love on. the Decemberist. Um. Yes, I'll be your girl. Um, that was the one that I listened to the most. One of the things I always like about the Decemberists is that they um, they tell a story with their music. Yeah, you know, it's big on narrative. Yeah, and 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 they they're kind of this folksy feeling band, but then they kind of push the envelope sometimes with some of the instrumentation and things like that, and they do it in a really tasteful way. I feel like the so, new album did that more than anything. Yeah, it was made. a lot. Yeah, feel more modern. Had a lot more modern feel to it, and some electro type stuff in it. But I love it, how unconventional his voice is. Yeah, it's, it's actually like now it's probably not as shocking because he's been so influ the voice right. has been so influential that yeah. so many people try to kind of copy what he's done. But yeah, but for sure, yeah, I love I love that. Yeah, um, so I really enjoyed that album, and then just throw out there another band that's 
not super probably well known, but um, there's this uh, trio from Brooklyn. I think that they maybe went to um, Juilliard or something. They're like jazz musicians, and they it's like two saxophonists and a drummer. And the band's called Moon Hooch, and they put out like three singles this year. And they're it's just instrumental. Yeah, it's all instrumental. And one guy plays like a baritone sax, and the other guy plays like you know whatever that they mix up the saxes that they play. But it's just super interesting music. Um, and, uh, I enjoy listening to it. We actually, uh, my wife, uh, went, when she was in labor this year, we listened to some moon hooch and danced to it to try and get, get that, that baby, baby out. to come out. Yeah. So that <laughs> was fun. That's awesome. And it worked. <laughs> and it worked. The baby did come out eventually. That's awesome. Um, so I have fond did memories Did you name your song. baby m- moon, moon hooch? Moon. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just moon. Just moon. 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 Well, hooch is the middle name. Yeah. <laughs> Adam Griffin. Um, yeah, Adam. Oh, you want I I literally need to move to the next category for time, guys. Plus, oh, come sure. on. You plus I don't have sure. I really don't. I thought about this. Yeah, I even asked my wife right down the middle. Yeah, fast uh, You didn't even have to explain it. Uh, Just, uh what was uh, It's uh, Demi Lovato. We know it is. Drake. Right. Uh let's move on to podcasts. Okay. Actually just to say, I, yeah. I think it is important to say right now, hip. I'm none of us probably are huge hip hop connoisseurs, but my maybe, wife is. But maybe yeah. your wife is. But hip hop right now, I mean, hip hop is. We talked about this before on uh, with um, Jackie Hill Perry that hip hop is sort it's of the, the new, new pop. It's music. the new pop music, yeah. and it is yeah. a great time to be a hip hop. listener. If you look when at you the c- top twenty songs from twenty eighteen, oh, one Drake has like six of them. Yeah, and then uh, on top of on top of that, there's just mostly it's hip hop artists. It's but, influencing yeah. all genres Everything. of music right now. Yep. There's yes. a, there was an EP by Nas that came out this year, uh, produced by Kanye West, and it has, gosh, I just have to say this, it has a lot of explicit lyrics, uh, but it is... Uh, the commentary on race and poverty that mm-hmm. that album is, is it's good. And, he, you know, he made a comeback. He was kind of known as this early 2000s rapper, and that's it, my favorite I feel like that was a really successful My favorite thing project. about hip-hop right now is that there's this split that's happened where there's hip hip hop is sort of the new punk music at the same time. Sure. When when you think about Childish Gambino yeah. and some of the stuff he's releasing, when you think about Kendrick Lamar, when you think about some of these cultural commentators and what they're doing, they sort of skewed the whole consumerism piece of things. Yeah. And they're saying really important things about culture right now. Yeah. Or at least giving a perspective on it. Well, and it. I think that the the genre itself has adapted not only adapted, adopted and, and innovated when it comes to technology mm. in ways that a lot of other genres are like, you know, we're purists, we're still doing what we did 50 years ago. Well, hip-hop is happy to use the latest technology to use the latest whatever to improve every song. And I'm not talking about just auto-tuning a voice. Yeah, yeah. I just mean yeah. that the production value of the music really uh, is benefited from and and leads the way as it goes to, like, newest producers producing great stuff. On, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, let's shift gears. Let's talk about podcasts. We're on a podcast right now. Obviously, everyone's favorite podcast is Culture Matters, Obviously, right? Yeah. Okay. Mine's it's Culture thing Mappers. I it's a bit different. What is Culture Mappers about? It's about it's basically creating culture maps. Oh. Um, sort of a lineage of like how we got to where we are. It's a great mm, podcast. Mm, it's ancest- just me. Ancestry.com <laughs> and, and Adam. It's just voice memos <laughs> on my phone that I go back and listen to. <laughs> two, two subscribers to that podcast, Adam and his wife. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> well, let me kick off this one. I do listen to a ton of podcasts. That's why I don't know much about music. I, most of the time I'm in the car, I'm listening to a podcast or an audiobook. I know, I know, sorry. <laughs> But there's another local tie-in to start this one off. Uh, Dr. Death. I don't know if you guys listened to yeah. that podcast this last year. I tried. 
You try. You didn't I, like oh. it. It was um, controversy. It's not that it wasn't good. I don't know if it was good. I didn't finish it, but yeah. it was like the things that they talked about made me so uneasy. Oh, I yeah. couldn't finish it. Well, Doctor Death, you if go. you guys didn't listen, is a podcast about a doctor that was practicing in Dallas that was such a bad surgeon that literally he he uh, in okay, all practical careful, ways don't give anything away. In all practical ways, I haven't heard it. But it's everybody. in episode one, episode two. This will cover some of that stuff. Yeah. Decapitated one of his friends, like was paralyzed from the neck down, and uh, just hacked other people's spinal columns in ways that were irreparable. Yeah. And then it's about He's how a difficult spinal surgeon, yes, or something. yeah, uh, neurosurgeon, and so yeah. how difficult it was for the hospitals to fire him for how easy it is for a doctor to move from hospital to hospital when he screws things up, and yeah. it follows that story as well as the court case. And it's just a fascinating and local story. I thought it was really, really well done. It's awesome. Yeah. It was well done. Okay. You just didn't want to finish it. Uh, you know, I get uneasy when they start talking about like botched medical procedures. Mm, it's and, pretty scary. And I was like, I can't do that. And, and a couple of people passed away. A couple of people that he operated yeah, on. Wow. I passed out. I'm so, curious yeah. of you guys' thoughts on this. And maybe one of you has another sort of crime related, even though this isn't explicitly like a crime podcast, but you know, most of the podcasts that are popular, are a lot like, of true like, crime. Why are we so drawn to crime? I, I don't know. Or it. death. It just seems like those are the, the, the per- particular podcasts that have had the most success. If you think about serial yeah. kind of being the first one, right? Like, well, I think TV shows would bear that out. Movies would bear that out too. Yeah, making There's a murder a sense in which like we're desensitized to some violence or want some violence and, Detective shows are rampant. Everybody wants to solve a crime. But I think there's something fascinating about being able to see what you have been entertained by actually happen in real life. So if you've seen a million Law & Order episodes and movies about solving crimes, then you find out there's one with as many twists twists and turns as a fiction story, but it's real and it's true. I think that is kind of fascinating. Um, Yeah, there's... I know I asked a big question. There's but probably it's a just... million deep things to to say about that. I do think there's a fasc- fascination we have with death because the stakes are so high. I do think I would tie it back to something that's inside of us. We all long for the eternal, and there is no there is no greater unknown than death. And because it, of the finality of it, uh, to sort of peer into the darkness and what comes when somebody intentional to talk crime intentionally. Yeah you know, takes life from somebody, maybe there's not, maybe there's no greater sort of stakes, yeah. you know? Uh, That's a good way you to can't say like Stakes are high. You know, yeah. the stakes are high. And so, and then to see what do humans do about it? Mm-hmm. There is a sense in which, you know, uh, we worship the a God who is the victim of the greatest crime in history, right? right. So uh, to say, meaning, I think there's something even that touches there that we can look at to say, our we worship a God who is murdered. Yeah. No other, no other, you know, no other uh, religion does that. And so, even even we ourselves as Christians sort of understand what the stakes are. That's good. And in even a, falsely murdered, falsely which makes murdered. me think. Yeah. Uh, I think that a lot of it has Justice. to do with this sort of intrinsic motivation and yes. desire for for justice That's yeah. right. and even mercy yes. to some extent and yes. it's interesting how passionate people are people who you know aren't christians but clearly yes. because they're made in the image of god have that in them and right. it, it's it's a very real thing and people are very passionate about that yeah. i mean like even making a murder which is a netflix show like like if you like throw out the wrong opinion about what you think of yeah. uh, what is his name stephen avery yeah. and you know people do not like that because yeah, yeah. anyway Anybody yeah. else's favorite podcast of the year was crime related? 
uh, are we talking about a podcast show or a podcast like episode? Episode. Either way. Anything, man. Um, man, my uh, all time favorite podcast show still continues to be Reply All. Yeah. I think. I mean, there's there's a lot of really good podcasts, and uh, but I'm just going to talk about Reply All. My two favorite episodes from this year, I think, were, I think they called it either the Magic Store or Magic Shop, and it was an episode on um, Amazon, and just, uh, I don't want to talk too much about it, but you guys should go listen to that one. Super interesting. About Amazon, um, you said? It's about Amazon. Um, the Rainforest and- or the company? <laughs> the company. <laughs> um, Both. And just uh it kind of talks about some some shifts that uh, Amazon made to to uh, stay competitive and how it affects the consumer and is really interesting. Yeah. And then my about other- the access they give to other sales, yes, right? Uh-huh, and how you can yeah. get duped even. Yeah. Yeah. Um and then the other one I think was called the pain funnel or the pain tunnel. I don't remember uh I think it was pain funnel. Um, but it was just, it was a really interesting uh, dive into this specific area of basically a loophole that was created in drug rehabilitation that was um, mandated through the Affordable Care Act. Um, and uh, it was like, it was just really interesting to see, one, how um, uh, this policy had affected this one industry in a, mm. in a really interesting way and how people were taking advantage. People who were supposed to be helping people, uh, with drug addiction and things like that were taking advantage. And it was, it was just really interesting. They did an episode two on the crime machine. Did you listen to that this that year? That one was really interesting Really good too. too. It's just yeah. about how crime statistics drove the way people addressed crime and it had tie-ins with racial profiling. Yep. With uh, neighborhoods, it was mostly about New York, but really about crime stats in yeah. general. I that just was thought a they did a great job. Yeah, it was two a two-part part episode. Yeah. yeah, I like that podcast because it's it's super. They're they're smart and mm-hmm. investigative. Like they do their work and they do it yeah. right, but it, they don't take themselves that seriously either. Like mm-hmm. compared to you know other podcasts that would maybe approach subjects the same, like or approach similar subjects. But I just feel like that they have fun doing it. You know? Yeah. 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 They. Uh, it's about technology. For those who haven't listened to Reply All, it's in the internet. It's about the internet, and it, it, yeah. the show—it's a show. They call it a show about the internet. Although it goes beyond that too, they'll have some yeah. loose tie-ins. Yeah. They did a true crime series last year. As, yeah, was that, that was, last year or the year before? Yes. Um, but they did one this year on hackers. One recently on um, people trying to do uh, scams. I mean, it's, yeah, the it's one some fascinating about stuff. Snapchat was really interesting. Yeah, too. I just listened yeah. to that one. It was good. David, how about you, man? What was your favorite podcast twenty eighteen? I think uh, my I have two. And okay. one of them, surprisingly, or maybe not surprisingly, is Knowing Faith. So I don't oh. listen to a lot of podcasts at this point. There are probably three or four. For those of you listening, um, David's patting himself on the back right now. <laughs> hey, I'm not as involved with that particular just podcast. Joking. So I feel like I can freely do this and it's not gross or anything. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Knowing Faith has just been become a really good podcast. It's I mean, great. it was good from the get-go, but... I feel like Kyle, Jen, and JT, the chemistry there is is really, really good in mm-hmm. the friendship and the whole idea of doing theology together as brothers and sisters, which can become a cliche, I think, if we say it a lot, but they really embody that well. And I learn a lot. Like, that's the main thing. Like, I feel like I learn a lot about the Bible. I learn a lot about theology, specifically, like, just sy- different systematic issues. And so that that has been a really good podcast. And then the other one is just the NBA, uh, sorry, the Ringer NBA show. So the Ringer Podcast Network, mm-hmm. which the Ringer's a website created by Bill Simmons, but and they have a lot of different podcasts, a lot of really good podcasts. Um, 
but the the NBA shows it's a daily NBA podcast and it just feels like a bunch of friends, kind of like what we do here with Culture Matters, but talking about the NBA. And they, they know the NBA really well, mm. um, and it's more insightful than anything you would get on ESPN or sort of all the you know talk sports radio. But uh, So it, it's interesting that they know their stuff more, but they also just have a lot of fun, and it's That's funny awesome. and entertaining. So, yeah. Adam, do you listen to many podcasts? I really don't. Um, this year I've tried to do more audiobooks, but I will say – uh, and I don't even know if it's from this year, so you guys can correct me uh, or cut it if you want. But um, my wife listens to lots of podcasts, and she uh, uh, will always pass some to me. And I listen to a revisionist history, I think, and it yeah. had Elvis Costello, uh, who's a musician, and it just talked about genius and how there's certain types of genius. One is the type of genius that sort of constantly works on the same thing and refines it, and the other is like a lightning bolt and innovating all the time and these kind of things. And I just thought it was like one of the most fascinating things I've ever listened it's to. It's Malcolm Gladwell's. Malcolm Gladwell's. Yeah, uh, that one's really hit or miss for me. Yeah. There are some episodes of that podcast, and I'm Thanks like, wow, that's brilliant. And then well, some the are, Elvis Costello one, for those of you who listening, don't listen to Adam. It was really good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's switch gears to something that I'm sure we're going to need a little more time on, but we're going to try to go as fast as we can. Let's talk about your rapid fire on these. Okay, I can rapid fire it. What's your favorite movie of 2018? Chris, starting with you, favorite movie and why? Um, I think, well, one, I didn't watch a whole lot of movies this year, um, but of the ones I saw, Isle of Dog was my favorite. Um, One, I'm just a sucker for Wes Anderson movies. Yeah. Um, Visually, it was really appealing. Um, It was an interesting story, Um, and it was just, it was entertaining. I enjoyed it, and it was like good, clean fun, too. That's yeah. great. Yeah, I enjoyed that movie as well. Adam, how about you, buddy? Um, so we just talked about it, and I'll just say it quickly, but Death of Stalin was just hilarious. One of the funniest movies I've seen this year, and a satire, and I know the name. It's like, what? But um, a great, <laughs> it was a really great film and really funny. Uh, so, yeah. Okay. That, you just like that one because it was so entertaining to you. Yeah, I also think there is some cultural commentary in the film itself. Yeah, what's, it uh, sat- what, what's it satirizing? I, well, I mean, word? it's kind of satirizing the, the death of Stalin, <laughs> frankly, but basically what totalitarian regimes will do to hold their power. Mm-hmm. Um, like they had killed all the doctors and now they yeah, need a sort doctor. sort of what happens in the vacuum of when a a totalitarian dictator dies uh, mm. or when an authoritarian moves on. Mm. Uh, and so I think there's some interesting connections that one might be able to make that I won't say okay. out loud. <laughs> David, how about you, man? What was your favorite movie 2018? Mine was a movie called Annihilation by ah, uh, was Alex, Natalie Portman. Film, yeah, Alex Garland directed it. And uh, yeah, it's this sci-fi movie um, about uh, this biologist who, with this like team of other subject matter experts, these in it, they're all women, go into this force field, they call it the Shimmer, basically something from outer space hit Earth, and it's this, like, area, they call it Area X, that it's uh, it's just dark, and nothing comes out of it. And I liked it because it's it's a good, uh, first of all, it's just really entertaining, it's, it's tense, um, there's good suspense, it's really well acted, beautifully shot, um, all those things. It's just a really good story, so you can just enjoy it. At sort of a, in an, on an emotional level like that, but it's a it's a good commentary sort of on despair and darkness. And some people have said that it's a commentary on like cancer and sickness 
But I think it's getting at just like this idea of brokenness in our world, like why things are broken Mm. and our inability to do anything about it. So it's a very hopeless, uh, you could say maybe cynical movie on the surface. Like it's just you you leave it feeling – there's no sense of redemption. There wasn't for me anyway, but I like that about it. I know that feels strange for a Christian to say, but – it just was a nice breath of fresh air with all these movies that have these pseudo sense of redemption. It's like this guy pulled himself up by his bootstraps yeah. or um, maybe there are Christ figures and there's something to say for that. I think that those can be good stories, but it's nice to have a movie that says, hey, things are screwed up, things are dark, there's despair, and there's absolutely nothing we can do about it mm-hmm. on our own. And when we try, we only kill ourselves. Like, wow. <laughs> And I think that that... I that, totally agree. Yeah. That, that, I mean... If you weren't choosing that, I would have chosen that. It's it's a brilliant film. Really? Yeah. And, and that that director, by the way, is just not yeah. Out X part. X Machina yep. was a really good movie that he made. I would also say it's a good, although Advent will be over by the time this releases. It's a good Advent and a good Lent movie because mm. I think those are seasons where you want to just kind of sit in the darkness for a bit. And I would say that this is a good movie to to allow you to sit in the darkness. That sounds so. good. I'm looking forward to checking that one out. I I'm gonna go a little more mainstream here. Do it. Uh, I'm going to go with a very recent movie. It's called Creed 2. It's one in the Rocky series. <laughs> yes, Scar- starring Scott St- right <laughs> Creed, you don't need to feel bad about that, by the way. Hey, Creed man. 1, Creed, these are well, like, Creed critically one was good. acclaimed I, I don't movies. think any of you guys saw Creed 2 yet. Any of you guys see it yet? No. I haven't. No. I really want to. Oh, my I goodness. enjoyed Creed 1. So Creed 2 is about, you know, it's he's going to fight Ivan Drago's son. So yeah. if you watch the Rocky series, and it's, the movie does a really good job of portraying how two men in the shadow of their fathers, one whose father was murdered by the other one's father, yeah. now they're going to fight each other. And the villain is so well developed, even though he doesn't talk very much, Ivan Drago's son in the shadow of his father and his own family's tragedy in the wake of what happened. And then there's this sweet kind of- uh, Is Dolph in it? Uh, yes, he's in it. He's, oh, Dolph. He's, he's walking his son through it. I don't, I don't remember who that is. Dolph Lundgren, who plays Drago in the in Rocky IV. Five. Uh, okay, yeah. okay. He's actually I like, you. super brilliant. People don't know that because he's sort of this B actor dude, but yeah. he's done TED Talks and all this kind of stuff. Like he's really? super, he's like a brilliant guy. Well, the movie's really, really Dolph. good. I'll say one more thing about it just in Great connection with name. spirituality. I think there's, there's a moment where where Michael B. Jordan, who plays Creed, his uh, girlfriend uh, gets pregnant. Her career is just taking off. He's about to go in his career and have this fight. And they're like, All what are we going to do? Actors too. They're great actors. Yep. Uh, anyway, and they go, what are we going to do? And you would think in the world's culture today, they would say this baby's in the way. You know, yeah. this just, and she says, I just don't feel like we're ready. We're not ready for this. He had proposed, but they were not married. And he says to her, we're going we're gonna to get ready. That's what we're going to do. We're going to get ready. And they also go through, I won't ruin the movie for you, but there's, there's issues with the baby that are part of the plot as well. And so he has to navigate that as a man who's trying to pursue his career, fighting out of the shadow of his father, fighting the son of his father's murderer, and at the same time thinking about uh, starting a family. I just think the whole movie has its, uh, a great story arc to it. It's, it's a beautiful film and worth going to check out. Did you guys mm. see that Michael How B. Jordan that? was on the uh, Pass the Mic podcast? Evidently, he is a self-proclaimed Christian. I didn't know that. talks a lot about how that influenced wow. this particular role. So I oh, think awesome. that there is a connection there Can you for be sure. an others proclaimed Christian? Uh, <laughs> Somebody else has proclaimed yeah. I'm a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> I, I say it that way because there are a lot of people who call themselves Christians, and 
I don't know. I just don't know him well enough, mm-hmm. and I don't know enough about his story. Huh. Well, he was also in Black Panther this year, which is which was a great movie. As I well. feel bad. I now. thought about he's a Christian. That. Yeah, uh, Black Panther was. He was really great good movie. in that movie. He was yeah. fantastic in Black. Super Panther entertaining as well. for sure. Well, let's switch gears just to, to the small screen. Talk about TV real quick. What was your favorite TV show of this year? TV has changed so much in the last couple of years where now entire series will get dropped on subscriptions or you're watching it week to week or you don't watch it until you can binge it at the end of a season and it pops on something. But what was your favorite TV show 2018? Let's start with you, David. Yeah, I think I've talked about this show before, but I'm going to go with Atlanta. I may have talked about this as my favorite show of last year, but uh, yeah, created, starring, directed, not not directed by, but uh, Donald Glover. Who's also childish Gambino? If right. you didn't know that, <laughs> some what? people don't. Some people don't know that. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it's just a. This is a unique show, and it because it explores hip hop, it explores race, it explores fatherhood, poverty, life in the city of Atlanta, and it's uh, it's got some really good dramatic, serious moments, and um, some really absurd comedy, like some absurd dark comedy. It's a really? weird blend of things. Like you can be crying one second and then the next second just be like, what, are, what is even happening right now? This is so weird and hilarious. I've never um, seen it. Is it on a network? It is. It's on FX. Okay. So yeah, it's a good show. I would say that there's a Watch lot of- on Hulu if you have Hulu. Is that right? Okay. okay. I didn't know that. This episode's paid for by Hulu. Oh, thanks Hulu. <laughs> thanks for sponsoring I'm gonna us. Some, I'm going to get some money from Hulu <laughs> right send me now. A, send me a box of Hulu. Yeah. That's a lot. Great show. How about you, Adam? Uh, my favorite show this year was a show called Maniac that came out mm, on Netflix. Netflix. And it's just awesome. I watched it yet. Uh, just really, really awesome. Uh, kind of explores mental health, um, which is funny. Uh, uh, it does so in a, in a clever way, I guess. Okay. I was like, um, it's not like funny in the sense of no, like it's a comedy. The show is actually, so, there are, it's kind of dark comedy, I would okay. say. Huh. Uh, but it explores, it for sure explores just human connection. It explores sort of family drama at the same time uh and um yeah i it's it is interesting it's different it's visually very very uh incredible is it for a mature audience yeah um i don't think it's i i'm trying to think back i mean i don't i don't remember things like nudity and stuff like that but um uh, but I'm sure there's some language and things mm-hmm. like that. But it's just a really uh, I'm not I'm probably not saying enough about it. But I remember watching it and just all the time thinking through um, how it's almost a commentary on psychology today, which does not make it sound interesting. Uh, but it's it's done so in a way that's just fascinating and great actors in it. Yeah, it's, it's got Emma Stone. Emma Stone. It's got Jonah Hill. It's yeah. got Justin Thoreau, who is. I didn't realize this, but is a brilliant character actor. Really? Uh, yeah. And what else has he been in? I don't know who that is. Uh, other things. Okay. Character actor, I guess. Does it get into it all? I've only watched the pilot at this point, and I was pretty yeah. intrigued. I just haven't had a chance to keep watching. Does it? it does it explore? You're kind of seeing a commentary on psychology, like uh, over medication, or like uh, what's real versus what's like actual a mental illness, but like what's maybe spiritual. I don't know. Does it do some of that? Or? Yeah, I mean, I think in a way, uh, what it's it does. Um, it, it it sort of looks at mental illness and it says this, and it and it kind of provides the worlds. Um, uh, attempts to correct it. And mm. so you have everything from, um, you have everything from like this almost pop psychology that almost feels like, you know, Eastern religion uh, represented. You have the super scientific represented. Uh, you have all sort of in a funny way, right? Making fun of itself a little bit. Um, and then you sort of have the, 
I think the most worldly one, which is like my love and relationships, I'll meet somebody and I'll be changed forever. And so in that sense, it's not very redeeming. Mm. Um, but, and it does, you know, you can, as a Christian, watch it and go, if only, you know, if only they knew. Uh, and so it's sad in that way, uh, but it's just, it's, it's really, really smart and well done. It's like I said, kind of darkly funny. Um, it's got its own sort of cultural artifacts within it. You feel like you're, you're you feel like you're, I can't spoil it, so I can't talk talk more about it. But you feel like there are nods to other sort of cultural artifacts, uh, and uh, the the effect that they have is we try to use those to sort of heal ourselves. Oh, that's interesting. Um, so yeah, it's sounds good. like something that needed to be made. Chris, favorite TV, twenty eighteen. Um, both. Well, I have two that. I have two that I really enjoyed, okay. um, and both of them are food related. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, the one I really enjoyed watching with my wife was the Great British Baking Show. I don't know if you guys have Never watched seen it. that. Haven't seen There's it. a lot of it's, lot of chatter about that show right now. It's super um it's it's just like British people baking stuff. <laughs> and, <laughs> I love that. And uh it's dangerous <laughs> because wouldn't? you watch it and you're like, "Man, cookies sound amazing right now." <laughs> um that was just like fun to watch with my wife. Um but probably my favorite is Chef's Table. Oh, dude. Um Chef's Table is You like um, that too? It's oh. on Netflix and uh, man, it is just so visually compelling. Yes, and um, there's not a plot, right? It's just a cooking show. Based, you know, it's not no, just. It's, a, it's like they this basically is one that has a lot of humanity and narrative. Yeah, to it, right? so yeah. The, basically, okay. they'll take a a chef, and generally, it's like an up and coming chef or some chef who's like big time or whatever. Um, Their names and, you probably wouldn't realize unless yeah. you were in that whole culinary scene. Okay. Right. But they are the so best chefs in, in the world. world. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And they do these in-depth dives into like how they got into it, um, their approach to food. And, and it's really interesting, super artistic. And it's really interesting just to see um, someone uh, exercising like a creative artistic talent okay. in food. You know, mm, that's good. Um, you were watching artists at the top of their game explore their art, and, right? Which, which is food, and, and it's, it's edible. Yeah, it's super interesting. Yeah. Really yeah. interesting. I'll and and the way that they shoot it oh. uh, is just so beautiful. So, okay. Well, let me close out this section real quick with another mainstream offering in the midst of what you guys have all talked about. I'm I not going to apologize. I don't, for I don't it. know. You, you are though with your eyes. You feel bad for a mainstream. I choice. do. Don't I'm sorry. I feel bad. like I don't know as much about these things as you do. Mm. But I really enjoyed Daredevil season three. Uh, may it rest in peace. It yeah, just you got canceled. Feel bad. I yeah. can't no, believe it was canceled. My wife and I just no. It makes the total Punisher, sense that it's, it's which canceled. is also a, a kind of a spinoff. Yep. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Keep going. Well, it's just they're Marvel properties, and Disney is starting their own streaming series next year, and so everything that Disney owns, Marvel. They're not going to make any more of them. They don't get along the movie studio and the TV studio, which is weird because because Daredevil of all of them, there's a lot of there's a lot of Wait, shows so they made that Disney aren't great. Disney own Marvel or something? yes, uh, Disney owns oh, Marvel. Oh, okay, almost all of it. Sony owns a part of it too. That's a whole nother nerd trail we can and go down. And then Fox owns a couple of yes. the properties. Oh, they you, they did until recently. This but is anyway that show business, baby. Yeah, Star, <laughs> Star Wars, Marvel, those are Disney properties. ESPN. But uh, Daredevil 3 explores, uh, if you don't know it, it's a, it's a superhero who's blind, who has heightened other senses. And so it's an interesting spiritual journey for this guy who's, who's hiding out in a church for the season. Matt Murdock is the hero who's, who's blinded, but he, he has super hearing. And so he'll overhear people's prayers in the church. And try and uh, so it's helped him on his kind of self-discovery of atheism now, where he's rejected his faith, is living in a church, discover some things about his own past, 
but feels kind of this um, impetus to save the people from what they are praying to be saved from as a hero for the city, sees himself as standing in the middle, and yet he's known as as the devil of this area of town. And the um, the villain in the series is really, really well done. It's Wilson Fisk, and it's, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, Diaphrine, D- um, I can't remember his name. Vincent, he's really great. Vincent, Vincent uh, D'Onofrio. Yes, thank you. He was on um, Law & Order for a long time. Dun, dun. Yes, thank you. But the the show's really well done. I really like it, and it's gone, and it's never coming back again. So this 2018. I'm sorry, sorry, man. Sorry, man. That's sorry, all right. Adam. It's whatever. It sounds intriguing. It. I think it is. It's I a think darker show. I've season, seen season one. Season which one I and season three are great. Season yeah. two I didn't love, but season one and three are great. Yeah, I really liked it a lot. Uh, let's switch to books, and I'll try to do this really quick. Yeah, we gotta I, fly. I did not uh, read a lot of brand new books in 2018. I'm usually a little bit behind on books. There was one that came out a couple years ago that I really loved, and I've already talked about the series, but it's the third book in Marilyn Robinson's Gilead series. It's called Lila, and it's an exploration of grace. It's a woman who grew up, who was rescued at five years old from a home who didn't care about her. She grows up to marry a priest, a pastor, and you just kind of read the story of how she navigates having basically worked in a whorehouse, been on the run, being a runaway, and now she's in a town where she's expected to be a respectable woman. Huh. And it's a it's wow. fiction and it's just a it's a beautiful book. Uh David, how about you, man? Favorite book, 2018. Yeah, I'm going to go with White Picket Fences by Amy Julia Becker. Yeah, we just interviewed her. Yep, just interviewed her. Just interviewed um, her. This is just a it's a really good book coming from a Christian taking on a very controversial, somewhat divisive issue, particularly white privilege. Yeah. Um and uh, st- structural advantage, you know, in our society. And it, it's good because she's a great, great oh, it's writer. beautiful, yeah. And she's just telling her story, and it makes a very controversial topic more accessible. And I feel like people are going to open up to her talking about it in a way that they wouldn't if someone's just kind of abrasively talking about this subject. And, and yeah, she just does a really good job, and I feel like it has the ability to to influence a lot of people who would never want to – you know, to read anything or hear anything about this topic because it just, you know, it just offends them. So, mm. yeah, I, I think it was, I think it was great. And like you said, her narrative, it, one, it's well written, but two, it's, it's hard to argue when you're going, this is exactly what she experienced. Yeah. What about you, Chris? You know, I didn't read a whole lot of books that were released this year. And to be honest, I didn't read a whole lot of books this year. <laughs> I started a lot of books Good. this year. What was got, the favorite one you got, started? That means you read some books. Best, um, the best man, cover. One of my all-time favorite authors um, put out a book this year um, called Take Heart. Um, David Roark. <laughs> yeah. Uh, had a it was really good. I was going to say that one. Um, I didn't finish that book either. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what a friend. What a courageous thing to say. What a friend. Hey, you know, it's got to be true. Any books that you finished in 2018 (laughs) that you enjoyed? Lots. This was a big year. What? What? I was going to say this is a big year for reading for me, as if anyone cares. Uh, man, this is a huge yeah, reading this was year a for huge you. huge year for me, reading-wise. Oh, uh, you guys would be happy to know. <laughs> um, I, You know, uh, the way I j- typically do it is I wait till the end of the year to buy things from that year. So most books I read were actually from 2017 or earlier. Sure. So I'll just say my two favorites because I'm not going to be helpful otherwise. So I hope I didn't say this last year, which would be crazy, but it's that would show you how much it affected me. But Stranger in the Woods was a book uh, about a hermit who lives in the woods. Um, I may have said it last year. I don't remember. Most isolated human. Yeah. Just, Weird. And I've talked about it before on the show, but it is a book that was so impactful. Um, I think just because it explores uh, how alienated maybe we can all feel yeah. from other people. 
and this guy takes that and then lives it out, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's just fascinating. Um, and there's so much depth there. I, I always go back. I think about it all the time. Um, mm. I just think about that that level of isolation. Um, I love books that make you do that, that, like, yeah. you'll, you'll realize you're walking somewhere or driving somewhere and something from that book pops in your head. Yeah. And it's kind of stuck with you. Yeah. Or you're experiencing something that... It is spoken into. Another book, which is an old book that I've talked about on the show too, is a book called Bruised Reed, um, which is super old, but just uh, kind of was a breath of fresh air for me in terms of Christianity. Who wrote it? Um, I think it's Baxter. Okay. It's a Puritan. Puritan book then. Yeah, I think it's Baxter. No, no, it's not. It's um, Sibs. Okay. S-I-B-B-E-S. That's from the Puritans? It's from the Puritans, and it's, um, man, it's just so good. The whole, it's a meditation on the idea that God will not break a bruised reed. Yeah. Uh, but that he sometimes bruises us uh, and, and many times takes us as we're all bruised and uh, ministers to us deeply. And it was just a, mm. man, it was just really sweet, uh, yeah. just really sweet. And, and honestly, like therapy, you know, mm. and it's short. And it's something I know now. It's a, one of those books you discover where you're like, I'll probably reread that every year, you know, mm. just that's how important it was. So, yeah, those are the two I'll go with. Um, there's others we could talk about, but those were the two I'd go with. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's close it out with kind of a catch-all. Anybody have something not already mentioned uh, that really made a difference for you in 2018 or you really, really enjoyed? We'll call this the junk drawer. So, Chris, let's start with you, man. Oh, what gosh. do you have in your 2018 junk drawer? Man, uh, I think the criteria that you had for describing – the junk drawer thing kind of eliminates what I was going to say. <laughs> Just say it. Just, Just say, say it, man. What was your favorite um, thing? Twenty eighteen. Well, I think the thing that I was most n- interested by, not most interested by, but one of the things I was really interested by Backwards in twenty eighteen <laughs> was um, Fortnite. Oh um, yeah. As just a, you play? a, I've played it. Okay. I don't play it a lot. Um, it was actually released in twenty seventeen. I think. Um, but it kind of blew up in 2018. And I think the yeah. thing that's really interesting about it is um, it's a cross-platform game and it's free. Um, it's not, you're not, you're not that's buying crazy. this thing yeah. and you can play it. You can play on, one guy can be on an Xbox, one guy can be on a PlayStation, one guy can be on his iPhone um, and you can all play this game. Now there are disadvantages to playing on an iPhone, obviously. But um, it's really interesting, one, just to see how uh these guys were able to market and create this game that was like just super influential in as far as the gaming industry goes uh and then two how they were able to pull in all of these cultural memes and cultural icons and things like that into this game that have then like been adopted by generally it seems like younger kids like these dances and stuff um, that weren't Fortnite things, but everyone associates with a Fortnite. Oh, really? yeah. yeah. So it's super interesting just to see how that how that has yeah. shaped things. Well, you say year. it's free, but it is a huge industry now. I mean, there's money you can spend, right? And it's oh, making like in-game purchases. Oh, right? yeah. I mean, they're yeah. they're making tons of money, but yeah. it's not like it's it's free entry. Yeah. You know, you can get into it for so free. So the access in, in many, many ways is so broad that it creates some cultural and memes. Right. Memes get owned there. Right, yeah. Right. It's really interesting. Speaking of Fortnite, yeah. my David. junk drawer winner is a player of Fortnite. Oh. His name is Luka Doncic, who is uh, the rookie for the Dallas Mavericks, and he is uh, everything that we would hope 
that he could be. So uh, it's, on Fortnite or in real uh, life? I don't know how good he is on Fortnite. <laughs> okay. I just know that he talks about playing that game like a lot okay. of celebrities yeah. and athletes do. But uh, yeah, this is more of a joke answer. But yeah, I'm just really excited for Luka Doncic. He's playing really well. He's 19 years old and has a dad bod. That's pretty cool. <laughs> He's averaging, he's, a he's averaging 19 points a game, and the Mavericks are currently the seventh seed in the Western Conference, oh. which well, is, is which probably not going to stay, but it's okay. been a fun year to watch him play That's for cool. those who like basketball. That's awesome, David. How about you, Junk Drawer Adam? Mine's going to be World Cup. World Cup uh, soccer? Oh, World Cup. Nice. Most That's a really good That was a good sporting event. Uh, we just got out Junk Drawer. Did that happen in 2018? It did. Uh, what, what I love about there's so many things I love about the World Cup. Uh, one of the, it is maybe the true international sport, and what's so funny about it to me, I love the World Cup. It's not American, and what's what's inter- so I feel like I get to peek into the world when I yeah. watch it. Um, it. You know, we sort of herald everything we do in America, which I'm not saying it's bad. It's like the world thing, you know? Like we call the the Super Bowl champions the world's champions of football, but there's <laughs> one country that plays it. You right, know what right. I'm saying? Yep. And so there's a sense in which this sporting event, it really does draw yeah. from all over the world. It's, an, it's, it's probably outside of America, the most important sporting event that happens. It happens yeah. once every four years. It's really brilliant. And this small country uh, made it to the finals, Croatia. And it was really amazing cool to watch. Story. It was a cool story. Uh, and it was a lot of fun. And there was a player named Luka Modric who's awesome and been awesome for years and years. And, no relationship yeah, to Luka Doncic. And, <laughs> no. and when you watch him, you know, he's small. He's yeah. short. He's thin. It's one of the things I love about uh, soccer is um, you're not advantaged simply because, like a no offense, like a basketball where it's like you have to be six, uh, you six. have to be super tall, or you're not. Or with football, it's like basically you either need to like have tons of size or mm-hmm. be if you are short you're like super strong and stocky with soccer it's like all sizes and shapes and all kinds of people can play uh and it's just a it's just amazing it's an amazing event and it was a cool story and i i loved it that's awesome i'm so nice. happy to hear that well guys there's so much that happened in 2018 uh i was not privy to most of it i think mostly because I was planting a church, Eastside Community Church of East Dallas. And Here we yeah, go. it's one of my favorite <laughs> self-promotion opportunities. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things that happened last year is the Lord uh, used us to, to raise up a group of people on our side of town and start a new church. And I do hope, and I'll tell you that this podcast, there's a lot of people that have uh, joined our church or are part of our church that I know listen to this. And, and it's been awesome to have conversations about culture that start here and then continue with our people. So I'm nice. grateful for the things you guys brought up today because I do think any any group of Christians listening out there may want to tackle one of the movies you mentioned, one of the songs you mentioned, or one of the movies you guys... I'm sorry, we already said movie, one of the TV books shows. you guys mentioned, TV shows, and jump into those together and talk about what are the what is the artist trying to tell us? What are they trying to accomplish? And what is the director or the actor doing here or the author? And then take that and, and, and uh, remind each other what it tells us about our God and about people about how our God is good in the midst of brokenness. And you'll see that over and over and over again. I think every one of us has the sense where people have value and that the world should be good, but it's broken. And I think that's true in every art form you guys mentioned. So thanks for being so faithful. Hey, I need to say, I need to say this because you do, you, I don't want people to feel like you were simply self-promoting. Adam Griffin is one of the best pastors I know. If you are in East Dallas and looking for a church, Eastside Community Church, is incredible. And, well, thanks, man. Uh, I'm super excited that you got to plant a church. Really and um, man, I know God's going to use it. So, well, thanks, Adam. Yeah. Uh, I'm 
I'm honored to continue doing this. A lot of people ask me, hey, will we keep doing Culture Matters even though I'm not at the Village Church anymore? And, oh, yeah. And then roll off. The answer is yes. The plan is we're mm. going to keep doing this. this and is now not, you're free. This is not the you're last not episode. Shackled yeah, I'm unshackled by from, the expectations. You of don't the know how Matt Chandler breathes down my neck about the oh, next episode man. every time. <laughs> but now, now, now. He'll, he'll leave me alone. Cuffs are off. But yeah, I'm looking forward to 2019 with you guys. It's going to be a great year of Culture Matters. I hope you guys, listeners, will continue to listen. If there's anything you heard on the show that you'd like to know more about, you can find details on our website. Today's episode was produced by David Roark, edited and mixed by Chris Sterrett. We will see you in 2019. God bless. Thanks for listening.